Unity of Farmington Hills, a positive path to spiritual living. It's the freedom of forgiveness. 
It's the sweetness of release. It's the joy of inspiration. It's the sunshine on your face. It's the birthright of all nations. It's the boundlessness of space. It's the beauty of a baby. The serenity of sleep. It's the How's everybody feeling? Great. Feeling good? So am I. I'm feeling really good. We have good music. It's like feeding the soul. It makes you feel real good. Woo! Okay. You know what? I heard this little story. It's a cute little story of this guy who was hiking. You're laughing already? <laughs> Thank you. I'm done. No, just kidding. <laughs> Okay, now you're going to keep me going. <laughs> Let me turn so I can't see you because I'm going to keep laughing. Okay, so this guy was walking. <laughs> this guy was walking. He was hiking, right? And he's getting close to the edge and looking down, and he slips. And in all these stories, he, he, he starts to fall, and he catches on. He holds on to a limb that's hanging there, right? So he's hanging, and he's like, oh, my gosh. And he looks down, and it's thousands of feet. And he's like, oh, my God, oh, my God. So he starts yelling, help, help, help. And he's looking down, and, his, and he's getting scared, and he's yelling, yelling, help. And then all of a sudden, he hears this voice. There's a booming voice that says, James. He's like, who's that? Are you up there on the, on the ledge? He's like, no, James. I'm all around you. Who are you? I'm the Lord, your God. Wait a minute. Are you the real Lord, my God? Yes. I'm the Lord, your God. Well, God, if you help me get out of this position, if you just, I promise you I'll go to church, I'll pray for it. No, hold up, James. Hold up. Before you go into all of that, let's get you off of this, off of this hanging from this ledge. Okay, God, tell me what to do. James, do you trust me? Yes, I do, God, I trust you. Let go of the branch. <laughs> what did you say? James, do you trust me? I trust you, God. Let go of the branch. <laughs> help, help, is there anyone else up there? <laughs> now, the funny thing about that, 
or the, the thing that we can, uh, how we can identify that in our life. Now, that's an exaggerated version of how God talks to us. But a lot of us get tapped on the shoulder by God, and we're too afraid to answer. We look down. We look all around us. We look all in, at our hands. We look at us. We look in front of us. And we see there is no way to do what God is leading us to do. Fear has a way of blocking us and binding us and keeping us in our, sp in our spot where we don't want to move. But the Spirit of God always wants to push us to go further, past our comfort zone. But no, <laughs> it's thousands of feet down there. No, there's no way behind me. No, there's, I don't see anything I can hold on to to move. Walk forward. There's a ledge here. How am I going to walk forward? And God's always asking, do you trust me? Do you trust me? We are spiritual beings, right? Living a spiritual expression, but in a human form, and walking in a third-dimensional world, which means there's physical things here. And through these physical things, it seems like there's separation there. And when we look at that and focus on that, that's what we're looking at when we're asked to push and go forward. God is always asking us to look past that and trust. But how many times do we still stay focused on that which we think we know? Do you realize that we don't know anything? Seriously, we don't know anything. All we know is the limited experiences that we have had up to the point in our life, and in my 50, some, 50 years, <laughs> that's all I know, is what I've learned and heard and said and experienced and felt, and even heard from other people throughout life. And the thing is, when we're babies, we don't have that fear. We go for what we want, we reach for what we want, until it is that we get hurt, then we learn not to do that again. Or until it is that we get disciplined, then we learn not to do that again or to do it so that we, we don't get caught. <laughs> I still want it. I'm going to sneak and do it so I don't get caught. But what about when God is moving us? How do we heal that fear? Today, I want to talk about healing the fear that binds us. Have any of you experienced fear? Have any of you had a fear that stopped you from doing something you really wanted to do? I have. Or a fear of doing something even when you don't want to do it. You do it because you don't want to suffer the consequences you think you'll have if you don't do it. Anybody had that experience? I've had that experience too. Anybody had a moment where you were not fully self-expressed because you're nervous about what's going to happen if you say what you want to say, be what you want to be, do what you want to do? Me too. Do you know in those moments you're being binded by fear? And some of us continue to live in it for a, lot, our life, for a long period of our life. I was reading a story of a young man who throughout all of his life experienced some kind of anxiety some kind of fear. 
He's always worried about one thing or another, worried about how this is going to turn out. What if this happens? What if that happens? Oh, I don't want to do this. Oh, I don't want to do that. He lived his life in misery bound by fear. How many of you know that that's toxic energy? It's toxic. And not only is it toxic for our mind and blocking our mind, it has an energy that's toxic to your body. Every single thought is a thing, is an energetic thing. And you know when you eat something, your body, produ- your body digests it and then it releases, right? Every thought that goes into the mind and it, it is digested creates an energy force, an energy source. And that energy goes into motion, it's called an emotion. And that emotion is either fear-based or comes an expression of love. I have a story I want to share, and then we'll go deeper into this. I was uh, looking through some, some um, stories that God wanted me to use today. And the story that came up to use today, here it is, is about an, a Cherokee who's teaching his grandson about life. And he says, a fight is always going on inside of me. He said, it's a terrible fight, and it is between two wolves. One of the wolves is evil. He is angry. He's anger. He's envy, sorrow, regret, greed, arrogance, self-pity, guilt, resentment, inferiority, lies, false pride, superiority, and ego. Anybody experience any of those feelings? He continued to say, there's another wolf inside of me, and this wolf is good. He is joy, peace, love, hope, serenity. He's humility, kindness, benevolence, empathy, generosity, and truth. He's compassion and faith. There's always this struggle between these two wolves going on inside of me. And he says, this fight, this struggle goes on in you and everyone else as well. Every person experiences this. So the grandson thought about that for a moment. And he said, well, which wolf will win this struggle? And the grandfather said, the one you feed. The one you feed. Now, when we look at this spiritually, the wolves represent your life, you, represents the love that you are. Never changes. They're both wolves. One is a wolf of an expression of love that sees through the eyes of the human realm, and that's the one that's evil. Remember, we talked about what evil was, is what, is what word flipped backwards, live, right? So the wolf that is evil and experiences hate, angry, anger, envy, resentment, all of those, the guilt, un, un, uh, unworthiness, insecurity, all of those feelings come from thinking through the eyes of the human expression. So when James is up there on that ledge, all he sees is a thousand feet down below him. When we're in a situation where we're asked to move and we are scared, we're afraid, we don't see how it's going to turn out. We're looking at it through the eyes of what we know, our human experience. And when you look through the eyes of the human experience, 
Your thoughts start to produce those emotions. That energy starts to flow through you and it binds you in your seat. You cannot move. You, sometimes you cannot breathe. Anybody have, has anybody had an anxiety attack? I've had them before. I've had them before, and then it turns into asthma attacks because I'm feeling so much pressure, I can't breathe, and then I, I start thinking I can't breathe, and it st- triggers asthma attacks, and then I really can't breathe. But then when you look at life and start to feed your love into the life of spirit, the eyes of spirit, the eyes of God, Do you remember some of those emotions that you experienced? Peace, harmony, joy, love. You get to experience what you are is love. So how do we heal the fear that keeps us from moving? And you know, it's not just those things that when you're thinking about when you're moved, it's when you're having experiences in relationships and somebody says something that hurts your feelings. When you get passed up at a job or something like that and you start experiencing um, insecurity because somebody else was picked over a job or something like that. When you ask somebody about something and you expect them to say one thing and say another thing and you get disappointed. When you ask somebody to be somewhere or, or someone somewhere some, and you have an expectation on how things turn out and it doesn't turn out. There was a story of this young, la- this young lady who she was at the office And she was going to sit down at her desk. And someone had moved her chair somewhere else, and she didn't know. And she fell and hit her neck against the desk. And it was really sore. She couldn't move her neck, like, to the right. So she's in a car. Her husband had picked her up, and she's in a car driving home with him. And she had told him that her neck was hurting, but she kind of played it. Yeah, I fell and hit my neck, and it's hurting. And he said, and he's driving. He's like, oh, that's, that's, that really? Wow. He's like, can you turn over there and see in my blind spot if there's anybody there? And she's like... Are you kidding me? I just said my neck is hurting. Now, right there, she experienced what she thought was feeling unworthy to him, like he didn't love her because she, he didn't show concern for her moving her neck. How many times in our life do we have those kind of experiences where somebody doesn't take what we feel is important as important? where somebody doesn't give us what we expect. Do you know when your feelings are hurt, we tend to expect affection from other people, approval from other people, acceptance from other people, and to be acknowledged from other people. But the truth is, when we begin to feed spirit and look at those things that we need for ourselves, for instance, in the moments that we get disappointed, We're looking at who do they say we are. Remember the little, pair, the little Bible story where Jesus asked the disciples, who do they say I am? And the disciples say, maybe John the Baptist, one of the prophets that's reincarnated, Elijah. And Jesus says, okay, well, who do you say I am? Now, the disciples represent 12 aspects of you and me. That's what they represent. 12 aspects of you and me, spiritual aspects of you and me, working together to create one expression. Jesus says, well, who do you say I am? He's talking to those 12 aspects of himself. 
How am I thinking about myself? So really, instead of who do you say I am, he's saying, who do I say I am? Really, who do I believe myself to be? What words am I saying about myself? How am I talking about myself? Anytime we go and search for something from outside of us, we will more than likely be disappointed because it is not their place to satisfy us. We're feeding the wrong wolf. We're putting our love in the wrong consciousness, in the consciousness of the flesh. The flesh will not always satisfy. I learned from my dad a saying that you can please some of the people all the time, you can please all of the people some of the time, but you cannot please all of the people all of the time. The reason that is, is because they don't know us the way we know us. When you look inside and say, who do I say I am? And then when you look inside of yourself and say, not only who do I say I am, but who does God say I am? You begin to feed that wolf of love, of good that you are. And when you feed it and feed it and feed it, what happens is the other one disappears. What you feed survives, what you don't feed dies. So in the consciousness where we are being led to do something, the first thing that will move us into healing the fear that binds us is to have faith in God. There's three powers, and maybe, maybe four. Let's see what God says. The first power that we step into when you're healing the fear that binds you is to have faith. That is why Peter was the first disciple called, because Peter represents faith. But Peter's name was Simon before his name changed to Peter. Simon represents receptivity. What are you receptive to in your life? What are you accepting and receiving in your life? Are you receiving the things that are of truth? If you receive it, that's what you feed. Truth in, truth out. Garbage in, garbage out. Just like a computer. Isn't that awesome? Computers are made just like us. What's going on? You put garbage into it. Oh. You ever linked into the internet and get a virus? That's the same thing into linking into what do they say I am. You'll get a virus. Because other people's opinion is not congruent to your vibration. It just does not work. Now, when they're saying things we love, which my dad always, he said, I always used to call people up and, until I found the person who agreed with me. <laughs> he was right. I used to do that. And then when I called him, he said, okay, how many other people did you call? <laughs> he was right. The only one who will always be on your vibration is God. Now, the first aspect, the first step in healing the shame that binds us, the, the fear that binds us, which can be a form of shame, is to go into complete faith. Go into complete faith that God's plan is good for our life, and to move into what God says. So the first thing is total faith in God. The second thing is using your power to choose. How about we choose to feed the good wolf? How about we choose to feed those, those thoughts of truth? If you were to tell me, coming from the eyes of God, 
What attributes of you God will see? Throw something out. I'll start off. God sees me as good. What else? Giving. What else? Peaceful, loving, compassionate, happy, joyful, free, encouraging, inspirational. Now, these words, how do they feel when you say them? They feel good. That's because you're good. Whenever you are having fear that's welling up inside of you, that's blocking you from doing something, is there anybody here right now that knows you need to move forward in something? Knows you need to move forward in something. The first thing to do is trust that that thing you need to move forward in is God's plan for your life. The second thing is to choose the good in it. See all of the things that are good in it instead of the things that are bad. See every single truth in the situation instead of where it cannot work See how it can work. Feed the, feed the spirit of truth instead of the, fear, the spirit of false error evidence showing up in your life. Because actually it's not the truth. Look past it. And the moment you look past it, it dissipates. It disappears. So you have faith, you have choice, and then you have to act on it. Act on it. The first step you take moves you so powerfully into God's choice. They say the, the uh, journey of a thousand miles starts with one step, right? The first step. Take the first step. And throughout the whole thing, express love and compassion towards yourself. So you acknowledge that there's a fear there. You don't have to guilt yourself for it. It just is what it is. That's all. It just is what it is. It's something showing up that's outside of the truth that we are. And then we tackle it. I had a fear of airplane flying. Woo, was that fear? Ooh. Even thinking about it caused anxiety in me. Ooh, ooh. Like, I got to take a plane. And every time someone asked me to go on a trip or whatever, or, you know, this or that, and like, Howard wants to take a cruise. And I'm still going, whew, I got to get on a plane to go to a cruise. <laughs> Can we drive there? Is there a bridge to the boat? Because driving is my preferred form of transportation. And I was able to escape that fear. All this time I've been able, because usually a fear makes you move back and you don't follow it. The truth is fear is a healthy a healthy emotion, a healthy experience, because it shows you that there's evidence of danger there. It's there to get you nervous and upset so that you're in fight or flight mode. So if you have to fight your way through something, you can do it. I just had, I wanted to do that. That's my typo. <laughs> or you run. You use that energy to fight or flight. But when it becomes unhealthy, it's when you're immobile, when you can't move. And that's where I was. I was immobile. So I, I was able to do it until two years ago. And I had to go down to Kansas City to do my interview week for my ministry, to become, you know, go into the path for, or to become an ordained minister. And I was like, there's no way out of this. But I chose to push through it anyway. Now, I'm, I will confess 
it was really hard not to feed that wolf of evil. <laughs> it was really hard not to be afraid. But courage is not not acknowledging it. Being courageous is acknowledging it and moving forward anyway. And telling yourself everything you need to tell yourself to stay strong enough in it to do it. And that's what I did. And Howard would tell you, I was, I was silent. Now, I will talk. When I'm not talking, there's something going on. <laughs> he, he, I got in the car after, we, after I got off work. Now, I'm yabbering, yabbering, yabbering all the way to work. Then I realized, oh, God, I got to punch out and go to work. I mean, go to uh, get on this airplane. No, he's like, I get in the car. And usually I'm like, and this is what happened at work. And this is what happened at work. And this and he's like, okay, you know, all of this coming at him. And he's like, really, really, you know. This time, he's looking over at me like, are you alive? Because I'm nervous and I'm scared. I mean, I'm trying to stop having an anxiety attack. I'm scared. But my passion for God is more important than any fear. My passion of walking, I promise you, my passion for walking in God and being an expression of God is more powerful than that fear. I could not let it hold me back again. I could not. So I told myself everything I needed to tell myself, and I stayed quiet in meditation, and I told myself, even got to the line, he could go, he went all the way up to me where I could have to take my shoes off and stuff and put it in thing. He's like, you okay? I'm like, I'm okay, because I was still quiet. I was still quiet. He said he even walked around outside in the area to make sure I got on that plane because he, <laughs> he knew how scared I was. I got on the plane, I stepped on the plane, and I had a serious anxiety attack. And right here was where the flight attendants were. I stood there for a long time, like, having nervous to go down that, that, that aisle. Nervous. Everybody's walking past, and they're like, take your time. And I'm, <sighs> they're like, are you in labor? No, I'm not in labor. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, I said, God, this will be my talk, my sermon that I have to do in front of these ministers because we had to do two short talks, two short sermons in front of two groups of ministers for our interview week. I said, this will be the talk. I'm creating a testimony. You're with me, God. And I cried all the way down, and I walked down, and I sat in my seat. The flight came, started going, and I had a panic attack. <gasps> I promise you, these little kids who were sitting two rows in front of me, <laughs> they looked behind. Mama, is she okay? And then when we got stable, there was a little, there was a lady who was next to me. She was holding my hand through the whole thing, and she had, she was having real severe back pain. So they had her sit right in my section instead of in the back, so she can run be easier for her to get to the bathroom. So she held my hand through it. I probably squeezed the life out of her hand, yelling and having a fit. When we got up and got in flight, I said, God, I do not have the spirit of fear. You've given me the spirit of love, power, and sound mind. I'm going to use this scripture that you just gave me from Timothy, and I'm going to link it with the 12 powers, the powers, the three powers that I used, which was faith, Faith, willing, the will, power of will, and love. 
and I'm going to create my talk. And at, throughout that flight, it was peaceful. The whole flight was peaceful. And when I got off that plane, I had a testimony. I conquered that fear, y'all. I did it. Because I chose to make my passion for God more important than my fear that will hold me back. What are you passionate about in your life? Choose it. Feed it. When you feed it, it becomes stronger than anything that can hold you back. On the flight home, I felt like we were on a roller coaster. Serious. Woo, 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 woo. But you know what? There was a little girl. God is so awesome. There was a little two-year-old who the, every time you went up and down, her stomach was bothering her. She was in so much fear. She was crying, and she was huddling up underneath the chair. And her mother was like, baby, it's going to be okay. And they're like, she's okay. And they're like, the flight attendant, is she okay? She's okay. She said, mommy, I can feel it. Oh, it hurts. It hurts. She was going, God gave that my focus to pray for her, even my passion. I prayed for that little girl. I did not feel the airplane. I felt that baby. I felt that baby. Feed the spirit. The spirit will win. Walk in your truth. You will fight. You will heal. You will transmute that fear that binds you. Walk in it. What is your passion? What is it you truly want to do in life? What is that next step you got to make forward? Release that branch. When especially and only, I'll say only and especially, I'll say it that way. When God calls you to release it, then you release it. Not sooner. Because it is only when God tells you to do it that it's ready for you, waiting for you, that there's something there that you will land on. Do not move until you feel it to move. And then you feed that spirit of truth and you move in it. While you're waiting, feed the spirit of truth because God's preparing your consciousness to take that first step. Because only when you are conscious of knowing that there will be something there or you will fly, only when your consciousness meets that will it be there. You create whatever it is that you are thinking on. Think on truth. Think on love. Think on good. Think on who you are. He's a good, good father, right? It's who he is. It's who he is. It's who he is. And I'm loved by him, right? That's who I am. Or is it that's what I am? That's what I am. Who I am. Thank you. I was trying to get you help. <laughs> you got to get used to my cues now. I'm going to work with you guys, all of you. It's who you are. If God is your father and God is good, all you are is good. You can't be anything other than good. No matter how you show up, you're only good. No matter what's going on in the world, all of these things that we are seeing going on in the world, each person perpetrating that which is not loving is still good. It's still love. They're just feeding the wolf that is evil. Take that, look at it, and see it for the good that it is. Feed it good in the way you see it. Your life is only what you claim it to be. Claim it to be good. Heal that fear that binds you by focusing on what is good. Release the, the food that you're giving, the thoughts that you are feeding into that which is binding you. 
I promise you, it is not the truth. Fear is false evidence appearing real. Choose God. Use your will, your power of choice to choose God. So you see it in faith. You choose it in faith. You step out in faith. I am good, together. I am good. I choose good, together. I choose good. I step out on good, together. I step out on good, and my way is good, together. And my way is good. Do you believe it? Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so it is. Thank you. Desire. 